Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to another episode of Left on Red. I'm back, recovered from the Rona, and we're here to talk about the Leeds game and a nice little Sunderland game. So we're back with the old school combination. Our first episode in a while together, and it feels it feels good. Ooh, it's been long. It has been a while. It feels very good. We're back. We're back in the old studio. Yeah. Oh, rearranged studio actually nobody really needs to know but we actually moved rooms in we the did, studio we did because we we were recording in a in a sort of office room and it was a bit echoey so we'd bring in pillows from a, a living room to pad it out we called it padding yeah padding. and we we've now just realized that we should just record in the living room bit on the sofa with the pillows and so, the cushions that we used for the padding. So not only is it more comfortable, but the quality is higher. It's two birds with one stone. Exactly. Anyways, me and Lowell actually haven't been to a ga- game together for a while, which has been a shame. What's um, it been? Since United? Since United, we haven't been to a game together, which is too many. But talk to me about Ellen Road and the journey up in the stadium, because it's one I definitely want to do. Worth Ellen Road. Yeah. Worth to Ellen Road. Yeah. I'm a big fan. I think, I think Ellen Road's been my favourite this year. Really? Like, uh, on par with Old Trafford, in, I'd say. Yeah, well, in terms of the, the stadium and the atmosphere. Stadium, atmosphere. Well, I mean, just... I, hold on a second. The United fans were awful. T- no, no, uh, as in as in just sort of like, uh, United, it was the atmosphere of the stadium. Yeah, if you I know what, what you mean. mean. Like, of, it wasn't oh, the fans. This, this was... large, daunting. Yeah, because we got there so early, we like looked out and it was like... Wow. Yeah. Where are nuts. we? Yeah. But Ellen Road, oh, it was so good. And it was really, like, foggy on the drive up. Sure. So it was like really like atmospheric and, okay. and stuff like that. When we got to see, were you scared on the drive up that it was going to get cancelled? Yeah, yeah. Because when we got to see late, Aston Villa versus Burnley had just been called off, <laughs> and like less than two hours before kickoff. So we were like, we were doing postponement bingo. Right. I had two thirty, <laughs> and it sort of edged closer and closer, and we were like, okay, we might be all right here. What was the reward if you won the won won the game? Then I think someone just bought someone McDonald's on fair the drive enough, back. Fair enough. <laughs> but we got to Ellen Road. Actually, Lath really nearly broke the car. He drove up. You know, oh, I didn't tell you, but at Anfield, he just drove up onto a slab slab no, of you grass. Did, you I did. did. You right. mentioned it. Yeah. He tried to do the same thing on the road up to Ellen Road. Drove up onto this slab of grass. Guy came out and said, "You're going to get a ticket if you park there." And he was like, "Oh, where do you suggest we park then?" And he said, "Oh, it depends on uh, depends on where you're from." And we were like, hmm, Leeds No, we said London, and he was like, so you're obviously Arsenal fans. And we were like, yeah. And he said, all right, I'll let you park here because my boy's a big Arsenal fan. (laughs) So that was good. good. And then Leith tried to drive off the slab of grass. It was like, the bit he drove up onto was one curve. Was it icy as well, a little bit? Yeah. And the bit he tried to drive off was three curves. Okay. So he tried to drive off it, and then there was this like massive crunch. And me and Lachlan had to put push the car back up onto the hill. Right. Onto this slab it of grass. It just explains to me how Lachlan got you these tickets, because I'm confused how he has... I don't know. ...tickets in the home end La- Road. Lachlan is one of my very good friends. He's a bit of a mystery, that man. He's just got back from Kenya, where we actually got a couple of shirts off some of the listeners that he handed out over there, so thank you for that. He... I've not got a clue. He's got some family friends that live in Leeds and are Leeds fans. Sure. And they gave him the tickets for the game. And it was meant to be our friend JB that was going. Yeah. 
But I texted JB and I said, listen, I'm an Arsenal fan. I've got no ticket. Sort it out. I'm trying not to miss an away game. Allow me. Yeah. And very kindly, JB, he let me go. He asked me for a tenner for it. I sent him a tenner and then the... (laughs) (laughs) And then then later on in the day, he texts me back saying, to be honest, it wasn't my ticket. So I'm going to send you the tenner back. I feel bad. Yeah, he's a good man, that. I mean... He does like to make a bit of business here and there. Yeah. He's also very charitable underneath yeah. underneath the surface of that. Yeah, so Laith was in the away end. He got his ticket off Alex, who sells the Guna. And he walked over to the away end, nearly like baited us out for going in the home end because the stewards were like, oh, away fans only. And me and Lachlan were like, to Laith, oh, we've got to yeah. go around this side. And Laith was like, what are you doing? This is the away end. Okay. And I was a bit like, mm, hello. You were very sketchy about being in the home end, weren't you? Oh, I Guys, if you it. want to watch the all, the all areas access on YouTube. It's of, literally just called of, Bench Cam. Oh, really? I thought they did like three A's and then they like... Yeah, they do that do... later on. This oh, okay, was, this right, was just okay. Arteta on the Bench Cam. If you watch that, I am in the whole video and I've gone very much to the other end of the spectrum of trying to pretend I was a Leeds fan. You can see as we score, me just shaking my head vigorously and shouting, this is not good enough. If I'm being totally honest, it does not reflect well on the Hornby Hornby household. No, it doesn't reflect well on the Hornby household, but uh, it means I'm still alive, which well, is very Well, I think good. you've sort of overestimated how no, ruthless no, no. the Leeds no, fans no. are. They're, no, they, were n- they are nutters. Well, no, I mean... I'm, I'm sure there are some nice people. Yeah, there are some nice, but like the majority of Leeds fans are nutters. Sort of on on the darker side of, of, of the match, I just want to big up Rob Holding. Oh, um, so good from him. I don't really know because I, I I I very unfortunately missed the Leeds game um, because of work. It's just been a bit. The schedule's been a bit mad at the moment, so I couldn't really miss this shift, which is really really annoying. I mean, obviously, I I've sort of watched back some of the match and stuff like that, and I've got enough to sort of go by yeah I, I, I mean, I, that saw, means I don't know exactly what, what happened but I just saw that Rob Holding was we, that was actually well. right in front of us we saw it and Holding went over to the fourth official and the ref and then they called for someone else I actually thought that someone had like returned a positive test okay during the game yeah, but so you was, would do wouldn't you yeah. there's like 200 tests yeah. over here so I, so I was like oh god this is going to get called off here <laughs> And then, for one positive test. Yeah. <laughs> and then at half time I was like looking at Sky and they were saying it was sort of racist abuse. And I thought what Ian Wright was saying about it was so good was just like quite often it puts those that are being racially abused in a really awkward situation if you're asking them to report it. So it was really, really big of holding to, to be an ally hear that and take yeah. it upon himself to then report that because that helps out immeasurably. I mean, I, I agree with Ian right, but that in itself is, is a worrying thing that, no, like, exactly. that, yeah. that for it to be valid, it has to come from a white yeah, person. It's it, ridiculous. It, it, but... it shouldn't be that way. And it, they, someone shouldn't feel bad about reporting themselves being abused. It's anyway, just... the point is that like big up Rob Holding and I think for that Leeds fans being being banned for life or something arrested, along those lines yeah. and arrested. So, Rightly so. The, the whole thing was dealt with correctly. Yeah. The away end, they they were on the side, they weren't far from you, were they? The, the away end were two, sort of two columns away from us, okay, as sure. it were. So, so me and Lachlan quite often like would just like look over and be like, oh, piss off. Like, yeah. The away end, <laughs> just being like, let's really cement our, our place as Your leads authority back. is leads. While I was there belting out, marching on together as well. To be fair, I, 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 I don't really blame you. There's I a few songs song. in football that you just can't sort yeah, of yeah. not like. It's marching on together, the, the Crystal Palace 
so glad all over. Glad yeah. all over, and um, you'll never walk alone. Those yeah. three for me, you can't really. Yeah. Hey. So I really enjoyed that. I also I made a tactical switch of my lock screen because my lock screen was Saka and Smith Rowe, and the people didn't like it us, I'm fairly sure would have seen that and were very much angrier during the second half as they'd seen my lock screen. So mm. I, I just quickly changed it to a picture of my dog. Fair enough. It was tactical. It was. But it was very like, it was so atmospheric because there was fog all around. I've got this amazing picture of Ellen Road where you can literally just see the lights coming from the floodlights and then just the Leeds badge and the rest of it so like misty and foggy. Yeah, yeah, I like it. So that it was really fun and the atmosphere was insane. Like even 4-1 down when the final whistle went, just the whole crowd were like erupting into a song of We All Love Leeds. It was amazing. Oh, it's definitely on the bucket list. I need to do the next, next Leeds away game. But also every time I switched onto, onto the match at work when I had a minute, sort of I could hear the Arsenal fans. They oh, sounded the really loud. Were in great and then spirit. also based off a load of Instagram posts from the Arsenal players post match, it sounds like the Saka Smith Rowe song was like really going yeah, in, yeah, in, its, yeah. in its full because a lot of the players were, were posting just here we go. Yeah, I love it. They're always playing it on the bus back as well. Yeah. Just all <laughs> over the world. You can just hear Ramsdale belting it out <laughs> at the back. I also really enjoyed him running right in front of the Leeds fans, sort of prancing around like a gazelle celebrating in front of them. Oh, Have yeah, yeah, because they were giving him stick. Yeah, yeah Ian yeah. Wright, Wrighty posted that as yeah. well, didn't he? Yeah. So good. And quickly just touching on, because I also missed the Sunderland game. It's honestly, I felt so dirty. It felt like I'd been cheating on my, my club the last few games. But just because of the whole illness, coronavirus and holiday situation this month, which has it's been so a, crazy. It's a bit of an adrenaline sport trying to not get coronavirus before Christmas. Yeah, yeah. And also remembering the fixture changes because you've got to remember all the fixtures change. So when you yeah, let your yeah. boss know when the matches are, yeah. you have to let them know twice and that's just a bit yeah, it's like, yeah, confusing for them to let you off work twice. Actually, Amazon have moved this to 4am yeah. on a Tuesday. And they're just a bit like, well, I can't let you off work a yeah. second time type thing. Yeah. But it's been horrible. But go on, what was it like? Because the it Sunderland was... game must have been a bit more empty, more close to you know to what? It was, it was pretty Christmas. good. I, I'm never really that big of a fan of the atmosphere at League Cups just because it's more sort of family orientated. I disagree, you know. Because uh, really? whenever I've been to League Cup games, it's more being younger people, like teenagers going together. Yeah. I guess it is younger people, but then I just, I don't know, it's it's people that have that are not often there, is yeah. what I mean. And I mean, I it, it's quite amazing because like, obviously they get to enjoy the game and it's a quarter final too. Um, and I don't like all the people on Twitter saying, I'll oh, stop putting your phone lights up, stop singing this song or whatever. Just like enjoy it however enjoy you want Enjoy the moment, to. yeah. That said, I didn't really like the phone lights going up. <laughs> I didn't understand it. Well, it's just to create an atmosphere, isn't it? And I guess yeah. if you've not been before type yeah, thing, it's, it's, it's a special moment that you want to savour. I do want to make a plea. Can we please stop singing about Spurs? When we're not playing Spurs? Just Although I do quite like Tottenham get battered everywhere. They I go don't mind time. that one, but then like the stand-up if you hate Tottenham. That's more to do with like, the frustration of having to stand up and sit down every time. Yeah, I don't like that. But also I just think like... Especially at Anfield, right? When we went to Anfield, all the songs were about Spurs. And I just think, we're playing Liverpool, a team that, you know, we've won the league at their ground. Let's why sing about not, them. Why do we not sing we won the league at Anfield, but we sing we won the league at Old we Trafford? Sing, we sing we won the league on Merseyside. On Merseyside, it's yeah. not got the same ring. No, no, not really. But, you know. 
Right, so we're going to dive into the tactics section. It's going to be slightly shorter this week, considering the fact that I... Well, I actually, I watched the first 20 minutes of the Leeds game before shooting off the work. I've got a couple of things to say too. Go on. I might, I might just drop in what I've got to say and then let you take the lead with it this week. All right. Go for a little change. All right. You know, Go on then. Freshen it up a little bit. Give us what you got and I'll so, give you it from the perspective of a real fan. All right then. All right. For fucking, I can get Leeds tickets. <laughs> so, I mean, we set up again. In the, I mean, it's getting quite easy to do the Arsenal because it's more to do with in little individual things rather than the yeah. collective picture because at the moment the system's not really moving around that much. I thought that, so it was a 4-2-3-1. I actually thought that Odegaard, from the looks of it, was drifting more all over the pitch and had a slightly freer role than just sticking in the inner right channel. But I mean, predominantly he was trying to occupy that zone. But my inkling tells me that he was moving moving around a little bit. Um, the Martinelli lack of fluidity where Lacka goes to the left channel and Martinelli runs across was, was there to see as well. And... That was really all, all, I, all I could comment on from the, from the Arsenal. And then for Leeds, I just wanted to say something more generally about Marcelo Bielsa because I, I have watched them over the last two years quite a bit. And Bielsa has this... They didn't actually play it against us, but they're so injury-ridden, injury so it would have been ridiculous yeah. to do it. They, they have this 3-3-1-3 or 3-3-3-1 system, which yeah. is really fluid. Basically, it allows for players to have two positions in a game. They can just go kind of go wherever they want. Yeah. Um, because a, a midfielder can make a back four and play a right back yeah. and stuff like that. And you've se- we've seen Pep flirt a bit with City last season a bit. Yeah. But, I mean, the whole lead squad is, is basically out. Like, nine of their 11 starts or something were out of injury. Yeah. So they- I mean, even when they've got their full team together, they don't have enough good players to play in... To play such a yeah. fluid, That's what, yeah. free system. Like, I've got Calvin Phillips, Bamford, Rafinha. And that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, the, but they didn't play that system against us. They played a four-two-three-one. Adam and Forshaw's back in the team after two years of injury, and they don't have Calvin Phillips, so the midfield was a little bit more rigid. You know, they had Stuart Dallas at left back. I mean, they were really scrapping, weren't yeah. they, for, for for players? So, I didn't really get. If I'm, if I'm totally honest, there wasn't too much tactically about the system and the transitions between attacking phase, building up phase. Yeah. Um, pressing phase that I spotted from Leeds in 20 minutes but what I did spot was that they still have this this identity whereas what, well, no matter what formation they play they just will track you man for man like all over the pitch yeah. and it's so ridiculous to do it with, a, with, with your B team that are full of 18 year olds and 19 year olds yeah. and players that aren't good enough to do that system you say this but we actually are the average age of our squad was two years younger than the average age of Leeds' starting eleven. Really? Mm. Yeah, but I mean, like, our first team is really yeah, young no, type yeah, thing. And they're, yeah. they're bringing in players that aren't at the level of our young players. Type I, just, I was going to say, we, we've talked about this before, but I think the emergence of Martinelli now hammers it home a bit. That I think what Arteta eventually wants to do is play that 4-3-3 with one six, two eights, yeah. and then a front three. Yeah. Because otherwise, unless you're getting Martinelli to play through the middle, which maybe he can do... That's that. That's a couple of seasons away. Exactly. So I th- I think what he wants to do eventually is, I I mean maybe Lukonga will be that six. I think I think Lukonga is going to build into a six. Yeah. In the future, I think. But his then you've got the two, the two eights of Smithrow, Odegaard, and then you've which got we Saka. saw in the League Cup game, yeah. which we'll talk about right at the end of this podcast. And then you've got Saka, Martinelli, and new striker. 
I, I, I agree with that also because you see at the moment with this tactic with Lacazette dropping from number nine into... Because he always drops deep to link the play and he does it quite centrally. And yeah. he's not stopped doing that, but he's started to also move into the inner left half space. So yeah. you've got Odegaard on the right and Lacazette on the left and Martinelli from the left wing running across him and in beyond and also sometimes occupying the number nine role. Yeah. Allowing, obviously allowing Tierney or Tavares to go um, wide on the left. That's a lot of like mini transitions to get people into that front five that you want. Yeah. Whereas if you just play the 4-3-3, you can have Martinelli really wide and left yeah, and yeah. cutting across and, and you already yeah. have Smith-Rowe playing as a it left eight. It cuts out some inner. of the transitions yeah. that you have to do. And it, it just well. ma- it makes the, the the passing pattern slightly more fluid. Yeah. Just a quick That's a good thing, point. Yeah. Just a quick thing on Lacquer before we end the tactics session. I I love Lacquer. You know I love Lacquer. Yeah. Brilliant at linking the player. Yeah. I think if he's going to start more regularly for us, he's got to be more clinical. Right. Now, my argument with this is that he has the highest conversion rate in Premier League. Okay, but... Which, which doesn't cover up the fact that he should have scored that goal against Leeds and he should have scored the penalty, which was... I think it's his first penalty miss for Arsenal, but, but two, it's not good enough. Two very clear-cut chances Yeah, no, Leeds. I agree. And I think if you're playing in a game where you're not going to get as many chances as we did against Leeds... Yeah. I need my striker to be finishing that. Yeah, no, I agree. You know, with you, against Leeds, we had the most shots on target for an away team in the first half since really? Opta Records began. I also saw a stat which was that in the last five matches, I think Martin Odegaard created the most clear cut chances yeah. in the Premier League. Yeah. Which is really good. He's but really starting to come into his own. He, he looked like he was fantastic, by the way, against he Leeds. He was unbelievable against Leeds. He's such a elegant player and he's fantastic to watch. Like, I, mean, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to draw comparisons with with the other with, mo. With the other mo, but some of the some of the the assist for for ESR was very Ozil. Yeah, Ozil-esque. and also the little ball we played round the corner for Saka for our third goal, where he opened up the body yeah. in half and, and played like, it forward. That actually reminded course. me of David Silva that pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he just opens his body very up. And David touch. Silva plays yeah. one touch all the time, yeah. whereas Ozil's a little bit more like slow, and then he creates like a three yeah, ball out of nothing. Yeah, and it goes. Um, the last thing I wanted to say was on the Leeds playing man for man. So you, you they literally, oh, it's, it's me- like you'd see their two double pivots on each channel with absolutely nobody in the middle yeah. of the pitch. You'd see the centre back on the right wing and the left back at right back just because they're following. But basically, and what I thought was like Tyler Roberts doing it as well. It yeah, like, it's oh. ridiculous. What what I would say is that we we really exposed it though because yeah. you know with Lacazette dropping deep. I mean, when I say he dropped deep, he dropped. Uh, there yeah, were yeah. points he was on the halfway line yeah. specifically just to draw the centre back out, yeah. just so that Martinelli could run in beyond yeah. because he knows Martinelli's strength. Yeah. So it was really clever for Martinelli to what, set the team up. That's like what that. happened against West Ham. You saw as soon as Lacazette got the ball, Martinelli was gone. Yeah, but I mean, like, it was even more exasperated yeah, against yeah. Leeds. And I think Mikel basically said to the players. You can you can go a bit further away from your zone in this match yeah. as a one off because I know it's going to create space in beyond. Well, they clear, I think they clearly do a lot of video analysis. Yeah, and that's what comes of it. Uh, it's just yeah, that's the criticism I have of Bielsa. It's like it's like the criticism we sometimes have of Nuno of not being able to play at different gears. Yeah, Bielsa not being able to play at different gears and not being able to play in another system. You'd have thought well, it's against... just it's just knowing your tools, but especially against City as well. You just think trying to go man for man with City at the Etihad, you will dead. get pummeled. It really is brain dead. I mean, some 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 people will say it's it's admirable because you know you're you're sticking to your norms no matter what. But if I don't you lose think it is either. Nil, it's, there's nothing admirable about. No, it. I, I I do agree. So the player ratings this week. Give me your top three Arsenal players from third. 
to first from the Leeds match? Right. I will go Odegaard 3. Okay. Saka 2. Okay. Martinelli 1. Okay, interesting. Because from, from the highlights I watched, Odegaard looked like he was by far the best player on the pitch. Okay, maybe, I, to be fair, I, okay, Odegaard 2. Yeah. But Martinelli 1. Though. Just because of the goals. Because of the goals, they're just so close. Yeah, yeah. The f- I loved <laughs> the finish was so, was so good for the first goal. I love and the it. second. Just yeah. Like, uh, if you watch the bench cam and you look at Arteta's the little foot, footwork, yeah, he, like, he does the chip <laughs> with him. Yeah. Um, I loved Gary Neville's bit of commentary. I thought it was the commentary of the season where he just went Martinelli. Well, he's just he's really, basically really, really good. good at football. Yeah. I don't have anything to say about why he's good. Yeah, he's just and really, what his really good. Strengths are, but he's just good. I love it. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Uh, um, worst player on the, on, the, on the pitch for Arsenal if there was one worst player on the pitch I don't know I didn't think Tierney was great see me and Ref said the same thing against West Ham that like it's becoming a bit of an Aubameyang thing where his first touch and his passing his first so touch bad. is annoying his crossing is really good and his defending is very very good that, that, that's literally what we said in the last podcast it's like he, he has First phase of the pitch, excellent. Third yeah. phase of the pitch, excellent. But, Everything in between is just so But the rusty. thing is, is that about Tierney, it's not like he had a bad game. I just didn't think no. he was great. No. But he can have games where he's really, really good. But it's becoming like when we have these good team performances, he's clearly the weak link in terms of on the ball. <sighs> I, don't know whether it's, ball I don't know whether it's that. Oh, actually, to be fair, I may I may even give it to White just because that challenge was Yeah, so it, that was so brain dead, wasn't it? Uh, best Leeds player, if there was one. I thought it was Adam Forshaw. Yeah. I thought he was brilliant. He gives a bit, doesn't he? He he gives a bit. He drives forward really well. He's got a good pass on him. I th- yeah, I'd say he was their best player. I thought Rafinha was really really quiet. Yeah, but one emphatic penalty though, wasn't it? Emphatic penalty, yeah. But apart from that, didn't really do much. Missed okay. quite a big chance. Fans, Leeds fans or Arsenal fans? Both. Eight. Very good atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. Eight. Only eight. Yeah. Okay quite harsh with that well I think the, the the Leeds fans went a bit quiet for whilst they were getting pummeled ok what about the Arsenal fans oh 9 and 10 yeah they always are though away yeah. games away games we have the best fans yeah uh, Mikel Mikel give an 8 yeah just set up the team well told them to it's, do the right it, things it's all going really smooth at the moment yeah uh, I, yeah and I think I think he is quite good on on a on a match day on a match week, sorry, of really poor officiating, how were the officials in the Arsenal game? They were well, they were right. Standard, I didn't really notice anything. Yeah, fair enough. Standard yeah. five then. Yeah. Cool. Okay, so I'm back and doing the whatever happened to this week. I've got an interesting player here called Fabian Caballero. Now, I don't know whether anyone would have heard of him. Or if he's related to Willy Caballero. I, no, he's not. Okay, just making sure. It's a, it's a, it's a big surname, yeah. Caballero. But anyway, so he only made one appearance for Arsenal, right? And the appearance was when we, we, we won against Preston, having been 2-0 down. And so the scores were at 2-2, and the ball broke to Petit, and he slotted home. To make it 3-2. There was a Preston player lying on the ground that very easily could have blocked it. And if you watch the replay back, Fabian Caballero has gone up, given him an elbow right in the face. Sure. Knocked him out. Sure. 3-2. 3-2. That's the only part he played for Arsenal. Now, 
I've been looking at his Wikipedia. Arsenal and Dundee are the only the only teams I've ever heard of on here. Apart from maybe Municipal. But he's played for quite a lot of teams, as you can see, Harry. Yeah. Do you want to have a crack at pronouncing them? No. <laughs> no. They're not hard. No, but you're going to do your thing of coming in and doing a weird accent now. No. no we're not reading you through all of that. You can't pronounce Deportivo Recoleta. Yeah, we're not reading through all of that. Okay, sure. Um, so, yeah, he... I was looking at his honours page as well. He's got a Scottish Cup runners-up medal. He was the 2000 Paraguayan Primera Division Torneo Apatera leading goalscorer. And he was Dundee's player of the season in 2003-2004. So, I don't know when he played for us. I'm not sure whether it was... Yeah, so it would have been a Wenger signing just after the double. Um, but Fabian Caballero was last seen as an advisor to a right-wing political candidate in Paraguay. It's not great news, is it? No, it's not great news. And he also announced that he was running for a city councillor, again right-wing, in Asuncion in May 2015. So, very strange man. He tried to do some coaching at Sportivo Emiliano, but that didn't really work out for him. He played for 19 years. But yeah, his his last action as a man has been running right wing political. It doesn't really campaigns. surprise me that he lasted one game. No, I yeah, I don't think Wenger's a big fan of the the Tories. Well, I wouldn't say they're as right wing as the Paraguayan governments that I think <laughs> he was working for. They're bad, but they're not. They're not. They're that not bad. that bad. No. <laughs> So we're back with the official quiz. I don't even know what the scores are. I don't even know if we've started this new section since Yeah, we everything. have. Well, let's start a new section now. Let's just start one today. We had a little break anyway. Yeah, and I mean, we did a token one with Raph last week. but Yeah, no one really cares about Raph, do they? I mean, if we're being honest. No. Only joking. No, love you, Raph. Thank you for filling in. Yeah, top from you. So, first question. True or false? Our last I win. Your true or false ones. Why? I don't know. Because it puts you on the spot, doesn't it? Because it's just like 50 50. Yeah. You've got to take a yeah. <laughs> But it's also like, it's also, I can imagine you just sitting there being like, oh, I need a quick question here. Well, you know. <laughs> you know. All right, go on. True or false, our last win at Ellen Road was another 4 1 win in 2003. Okay. Second question. Who assisted Henri's last ever Arsenal goal away at Sunderland? Okay. Number three. How many passes were there in the lead-up to Wilshire's goal against Norwich? Four, seven or eleven? Okay. I've tried to go in terms of difficulty, so easiest to most difficult. No, I like that. Okay, go on. Let's go with the answers. So... Number one, true or false? Was our last win another 4 1 away at Ellen Road? I'm saying false. Uh, it was true. Was it? Yeah. You, what, last league win, are you saying? Yeah, our last league, yeah. Oh, well. Well, you just knew that was <laughs> going to happen. <laughs> that is disgusting. Well, you know. You didn't say league win. I didn't even know we played in the cup. Yeah. When? At Ellen Road in like 2008 or something. Really? Yeah. Well, we'll have to have a little look at that. I'm if we have a look at that and it turns out to be true, can I have the point? Can can 
yeah, go on then. Like, yeah. Fair enough, it's my fault for not. That is your fault. Um, Stupid man. So we'll see. Who assisted Henri's last ever goal? Arshavin. Yeah. No, not a chance you're getting me with that one. Yeah, yeah, that was an easy one there. <laughs> How many... What a, what a little finish that was, know, by the way. So good. Such a good send-off. How many passes were there in the lead-up to Wilshire's goal against Norwich? I'm going seven. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, nice. Complete punt? Huh? Complete punt. Well, I was thinking four's too sh- too little, eleven's yeah. too many. Well, to be fair, there could have been more than seven. I've just found it from like the point where Kieran Gibbs gives. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I thought you wing. meant. Yeah. Um, so right, so that's that's. Let's pause the recording here. We're gonna we're gonna check whether we've won at Ellen Road since two thousand three. Be back in a sec. Okay, so we've had a check on my source. And it is true, we have won at Leeds in the Cup since 2003. FA Cup 2011, 3-1 away. So, Harry's messed it up there. It's a clean sweep for Lowell, 3-0, unlucky. They were quite pleasant questions. Yeah, they were quite pleasant questions. I'll I'll remember that. Yeah. All right. Okay, so as most of the Premier League games this weekend were called off, we thought we'd turn the PL Roundup into a little bit of a League Cup Roundup. But... Just before we get onto that, there was probably the game of the season on Sunday, wasn't Spurs there? Spurs Liverpool, fantastic it game. Frightened me how superior Spurs looked. I wouldn't say in domination of the ball, Liverpool controlled the game, but in terms of threat, threat yes. But then you look at how high Liverpool were playing, their midfield and no Van Dijk, and yeah. I, I thought whoever was playing Liverpool at that at that point would have created chances. I, I thought Conte but got all, his, But his, all it took was a smack up the field. As, as Klopp said very sarcastically, but it wasn't just a lump. They were they were, they no, were lovely it, bent through ball passes. It wasn't a lump, but quite quite a few of them were just a sort of clearance to... And, and the only two back were the two centre-backs. Well, yeah, when, because you put, you put Trent yeah, and Robert so what I mean, But wide. when one of them's not Van Dijk and Liverpool are playing like that, then it's quite easy to create chances. And when you don't have a an experienced midfield three protecting the two. What didn't frighten me was Spurs missing all their bloody chances. Yeah, no, that was... Deli Ali had a good game, but and not also good. The, there was a wonderful save from Alisson. Yeah, one yeah. Which I'd won Slate and Ali for. Awful officiating in that game. Terrible. I mean, Kane, 100% sent off. That, the cheats come out and say that you thought you'd won the ball. I know, won this I know. Crap. But that, also, was, that was one then, of the worst tackles I've seen in a the, while. And then VAR coming out and saying, oh, it's because Robertson's leg wasn't planted. That's just like... If his leg was planted, it would have been a broken, broken leg. Broken leg. That's just like, that's it not the rules. It doesn't make sense. And then Robertson's, yes, was probably a red. Yeah, but, but it wasn't as bad about, as Kane's about, tackle. And also, what about MacArthur on Saka? Yeah, which was season, which was probably even worse. Worse than the Robertson tackle. Also, the the Jota penalty. It was stuff oh, like a stone wall, stone wall penalty, stone wall. But it, it, both it, the barge, but also he just tripped him up as well. Yeah, yeah. Like and everything also, he could have fouled. The VAR him justification for it was I know was that he wanted to go yeah, down to win the penalty. To, you, like, I mean, have you ever played football? I mean, like players obviously sense. do do that, but the, like. The way the defender came across him, he had no time to get his shot off, which no means sense. that whether he wanted to go down or not, his 
ability to get the shot off was impeded yeah, yeah. by the foul. Which, which is the definition of a penalty. Of a penalty, yeah. Um, I, I do have to say, I think Conte got his tactics spot on, though, by going three in midfield, two up top, because we've seen him go two in midfield, three yeah, up top three, in the five three, back. Four, three, goes it, it was three, a three, five, yeah, two. three five two. But I mean, yeah. he, he usually plays a three four. Yeah, three. exactly. But I thought he got it spot on because he knew that, the, 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 that Trent and Robbo would go really high and wide yeah. and basically could go Son and Kane 2v2 yeah. on a back two without Van Dijk and yeah. a midfield three protecting without Fabinho yeah, I just thought that was well. yeah I just thought you know yeah that was good and then whilst we had we had City beat Newcastle 4-0 yeah should we dive into the League Cup then yeah and what, do we, what else do we have uh, Chelsea, Chelsea drew. dropping points at Wolves yeah so you know we're catching up on them City, maybe City top at Christmas slowly Looks like by they're, slowly they're yeah. slowly peeling away exactly uh, League Cup so into the semis we played on a Tuesday the whole world watching us again. The only only game on TV like it was on Saturday. Because we're massive. And the tricky Reds come through again. I know. I we played very well. I thought. I mean, the opposition were the opposition. The, but to be to be honest, I was quite pleasantly surprised by Sunderland. They played some really Every good time I, times. Every time I went to put um, the match on on my phone, Sunderland had the ball. It was really, yeah, it was really worrying they me. Were, they were playing like actually quite good yeah. like, tiki-taka stuff. And the, the, the finish was superb. The finish was really good. He's an Everton player, I think. Oh, on loan. Yeah. Okay, cool. Broadhead. Um, um, but I thought Pepe was really good. That uh, I mean, the thing is about Pepe is he's really, really brilliant against his inferior opposition. No, but also the thing with him is his, his natural... Like, if you compare him to Saka, he's naturally... A lot more gifted at football than Saka is, yeah. And and we love Saka, and we know how. Good, but his game understanding is levels below Saka, yeah. And yeah. his and he's also, Saka's he's, got a sniff. Like when he gets the ball, he just goes. Whereas Pepe ball rolls one way, yeah. the other way, shimmies, shimmies. And there's times to do it, but there's also time just to get the ball and do a one-two or body faint and go the other yeah. way, which Saka does oh, so well. And Pepe's, I think Pepe's a lot more one-dimensional, to be honest. Well, also, if we want to get like. Like into the tactical stuff, Saka holds the width really well. Yeah, and he's nat- naturally kind of like a, I'd say a, a wing back slash half yeah. wing back half winger, like in in his style. And he's come through the academy yeah. as a full back. Pepe needs more of a free. Pa- Pepe's more of an inside forward. So if he was playing in lane lane four, so the inside half yeah. space, but not deep where Odegaard plays, yeah. like where Salah occupies. Yeah, yeah. That would suit Pepe more because he's more of a striker. Yeah, but winger. that just doesn't work with Whereas our system. Saka. You know he's he's happy to occupy the inside space because he's played as ten as a ten in the academy, yeah. but he's also played as a fullback, so he's very comfortable holding the width yeah. and and doing winger stuff where it's just getting the ball, move it, getting yeah. the ball, move it, put across him type thing. Yeah. Whereas Pepe likes to you know dance with the ball, yeah. like he likes to express himself a bit more. And then we had Enketia, excellent, R- really good hat trick. I the the second and third finishes very very good. Yeah. I you know, still, I was. I, I was, still don't know whether he's going to make it. Up, I, so. I was cycling home yesterday from from work. Yeah. And you know how there are lots of sort of like foxes around Tuffnell Park. Yeah. As you know, I just thought I saw Eddie because he's the fox in the box, Eddie. mate. Yeah. Honestly. His, his average his average goal distance for Arsenal is five point eight yards. It's ridiculous, and he's so good at six he's, yard he's box really finishes. It. it reminds me a bit of Giroud, actually. I'm not yeah. gonna lie. But when he runs, I was going to say a bit of Lineker. That's yeah, all he yeah. Did. but you know, like he's our first striker since Rudy, who just runs across like the yeah, front, yeah, front yeah. post and flicks it. And in. he just flicks it, yeah. Which I don't know, you know, I, especially under Arteta, I don't know how how far that's going to get him here. I I still he don't, seems to like him, but I'm I sure know, that's all I, chatting I, shit just so that he can get him on a contract yeah. and sell him. I still don't think he's a Premier League striker. I think he's maybe a Premier League striker every two years. So like a Norwich. Or no, a... I think he's a Premier League striker. I think he's a mid-table Premier League striker. Maybe, yeah. I, I, you know, 
but he's not starting yeah. Arsenal player because he's not got all the. I actually think he's performed better on the left when he's come on off the bench. He was really than... good against Everton, actually, yeah. Apart from missing from two yards out. Anyway, just to sweep up on the Arsenal game, we played a 4-3-3, which is good to see Mikel slightly changing against lesser yeah, opposition. It's nice that he's got a um, few different systems that he I, can play. I, I, on that two things, I heard that Odegaard was more influential than Smith-Rowe. Yeah, Smith-Rowe um, didn't have his best game. And I heard that Nuno, despite his lack of composure on the ball, actually really occupied some inside spaces yeah, yeah. in the game, which really well. you've got to do when you play the 4-3-3 uh, because the 8 is... He sort of did when we played against Newcastle as well for that first, yeah. for that first goal he was occupying. And what, did he look inside. slightly secure on the ball inside? Yeah, he did, uh, and he looked like he was much more picking out passes in the box yeah. as opposed to just sort of whacking it in. And a, and a brilliant assist from him. Yeah. But I mean, if we're going to switch to a 4-3-3 and if he can... If Mikel can slowly cook him into a, a fullback that can obviously do the pace and beat the man yeah, and yeah. play, as, play as a winger in attack, but can also play as a midfielder yeah, on and, the build up and link up, a, and bit, link more, up yeah. a bit more, then we might start to have a stronger yeah. left back than Tierney coming yeah, through the ranks. I, but I mean, patience with it. Yeah, it just provides different dimensions as well. Um, so we've drawn Liverpool in the semi finals. Thoughts? I, I, I don't know. I. I'm not sure. I, to be honest, I think if we'd have got Liverpool in a final, we'd have probably lost too because they'd have taken it a lot more seriously. Yeah. In the semi-final, <clears throat> you play two legs, which is annoying because you got the Anfield factor, factor. and and second legs at Anfield. But it is during Afcon, so they've got no Salah, no Mane, no Matic. So if Afcon wasn't happening this January, I would have said that out of the three teams, Liverpool were the worst to get over two legs. Yeah. I actually I, I mean I wanted Spurs because I wanted to knock them out myself yeah. over two legs I would have loved to play Spurs in it the final did. it would frighten me yeah it just did, yeah because then you've got the added pressure of one being in the final and two beating Spurs so they don't win a trophy exactly yeah but Liverpool I don't know it all depends on how seriously they take it exactly I mean I think we'll go full team and even if they play a strong team it won't be their full team yeah, exactly. and they won't have Salah and Mane so we'll definitely have a chance we've got then, a chance of winning it and then you know hopefully we face we'll have to face Chelsea in the final Spurs, Chelsea uh, I don't know you know over two legs I think Chelsea will probably do I also they're a I'm, very knockout tournament team Chelsea are cup team like we know this yeah. I think Chelsea will win but the only thing that makes it interesting is I think in between the two games or just after the second leg Chelsea and Spurs play again in the league and we play again, but we play Spurs in the league. Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be a tough month for. I think Chelsea have also got City and Liverpool back to back in the league. Yeah, so Chelsea, Chelsea going to have really a tough, tough January. I, you know, I, I think we could quite easily catch them. Well, I think we could catch. Well, not maybe, I think by mid February we could be in touching distance, maybe above them, and then by the end of the season be behind them again. Maybe, maybe not. But I think I think Chelsea will get dragged down into the top four race. As oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, 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 and and I think we we've got a very good chance of being in that top four race. Yeah, so do I. It's all going really well. Thank you guys for listening to this instalment of the Left on Red podcast. It's been a good one. It's been nice to be back. Little double episode. Very happy to be in the League Cup. The Christmas roundup. We are fourth in the league in the semi-finals of the cup. That's pretty yeah. clean from Mikel. I'm liking it. I'm Merry liking Christmas, it a lot. Everyone. Merry Christmas. See you after Norwich.